Alright, Genesis 27. Going back to what we were talking about earlier. <clears throat> A lot of people don't know how. I wouldn't say don't. I would say more like they don't care. How the, ch the church, the Catholic Church, got involved in the scriptures. And if, if everybody did a little bit more research, they might find that... Well, let me put it this way. I asked a person yesterday, I said, what, what, what are your beliefs? What are your views as far as the Bible is concerned? And she goes, well, I'm Christian. I said, so so define Christian. I mean, define what you believe, because just a person that claims to be a Christian doesn't mean squat. I was like, define what you believe. And she goes, well, I believe from Matthew to Revelation. And I'm like, so you're not really a Christian, because you don't follow the Bible. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, I had never thought of that. You, you can't, I mean, that, that'd that be no different than us claiming to be penguins when we're not. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think if everybody understood the principle of the inheritance and the birthright and whatnot, they would understand the, the process, the grafting in process is a lot easier than what people think it is. We were never told that. I know. And, and that's... It's kind of like the Old and New Testament. Who really put the name Old and New on the Bible? It's a good question because it was all one. It was all one at one time. It was all one before 1455, when the Geneva Bible was written. That's when they started adding the Old and New Testaments to separate them. They didn't need no separation. They didn't need separation. You started at the beginning and you just went to the end. Right. And then you went back to the beginning and you found stuff that you missed right. as you went to the end. And then you went back again and you found more stuff that... Yep. I mean, but what was the Geneva... you got to keep this in mind. What was the Geneva Bible? Hmm. It was the Vulgate. Right. It was the Catholic Bible. So it was originally the Catholics deemed themselves to be separatists. Because that's what a separatist is. is someone who separates the scripture. All right. Well, that's where all them numbers come from on the side. Yep. All right. Genesis 27, verse 27. And this is, again, talking about the inheritance of Jacob and Esau. But, as I was saying earlier, Esau also got an inheritance. But if people really understood the inheritance that Esau got, they would realize they're on the wrong path. And I may go into that. I'm waiting to hear back. But anyway. Verse 27, And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which Yahweh hath blessed. Therefore, 
Elohim give thee of the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be lord over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone that curses you, and blessed be he that blesses you. I want to break this down. I would say word for word, but it's not really going to be word for word. It's going to be phrase by phrase, because the the information that is found in this blessing alone, this inheritance alone, explains a lot. One, what is the dew of heaven? What does it have to do with heaven? No. What's the dew of heaven? D-E-W. Oh, dew. Hmm. Well, you would think it would be rain, but that's not what, uh, I know that's not what it means. No. Heaven would be something that's given to you? Revelation 2. Hold your hand there. Go to Revelation 2. You know, a lot of people are afraid of Revelation. Mm hmm. It's because they don't understand it. You there? Mm -hmm. Verse 17. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Let, let, I'm going to let that sink in for just a minute. Let him hear, him that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is, this is spiritual, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. To him that overcomes, overcome what? Sin and death. Mm -hmm. Okay. To him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the hidden manna? The dew of heaven. Okay, so manna is the dew of heaven, and I will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knows, saving he that receives it. And I, I thought about that when I was writing this down. I'm like, well, that, uh, what sense would that make? And why did he link those two together? The white stone with the manna. Good question. If you remember back in the book of Exodus, the manna was white. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, big pieces of mushrooms. Well, they were they were referred to as wafers. <laughs> yeah. They looked like looked like white wafers. Okay. <clears throat> but what did that have to do with the white stone? There's three links right here in this verse that show us when you overcome. Sin and death, you are given the hidden manna with a white stone. That's our inheritance. 
Okay? We... This is where I fault Christianity. Because Christianity, I don't care how you want to look at it, Christianity is a works-based religion. They claim they're not, but they are. Inheritance is not something you work for. It's something that's given to you. It's given to you after you've done something. Okay. okay. First of all, what are we doing from the age of infancy, the day we're born, until the day we receive our inheritance? You're supposed to be growing up. There you go. Growing up. That's the process, is growing up. That's how we get the inheritance, is we have to grow well, up. Well, you grow up into your inheritance. Right. Okay, so you have to learn responsibility mm -hmm. before you can get inheritance. You have to res be responsible for your actions in order to get your inheritance. Going back to Genesis 27. And keep in mind that these are all linked. And I, I got to studying some of this, and I'm like, oh my gosh. It says it plain, plain as day. And how many times have we read over this passage and never fully understood or comprehended what it said? 28. Therefore, Elohim, give you the dew of heaven, which is the manna, mm -hmm. the fatness of the earth. The word fatness simply means, hold on, I've got it written down here. The fertile lands... Or richest soils. Okay. Well, what's a fertile land? Something that can be planted in. Okay, so we are the fertile land. Which means you have to be of an age to receive. You have to be trodden under. Your, your ground has to be tilled. And it has to be made ready for the farmer. This is why Yehoshua was talking about all the parables about the sower and the and the farmer. It makes sense. Some seed fell by the way, so he was talking to them about inheritance. Okay, I'm going to show you that here in just a minute because this is this is outstanding the way that it, this was put together. I mean, there's no way. There is no way. I could have I could have come up with this. There's just no way, because it, it, it it's self-explanatory. Where was that? Oh, the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. What's the corn and wine? Let me see. is a crop that's planted. Wine is from a crop that's planted. One is from a spring. Well, you like the feast days. One is early and one is later. Bingo. I never saw it before until now. Well, until he gave me this to write down, but Corn is the feast of Passover. When you are born, again, 
when you're born, you're supposed to start out at Passover as an apios. Uh-huh. Okay? When you mature and become a leos, the Feast of Tabernacles is your feast. That's your festival. The the, the tabernacle, or the, the, the Hebrew calls it a soka, but the Feast of Tabernacles is your celebration for sonship. If you look up the, the timelines, corn is when, well, I should put it this way, Passover is when corn is harvested. Soka, or Feast of Tabernacles, is when the wine is harvested, the grapes. They both have a purpose. Okay? Corn, you get meal, you get bread. Okay? Mm-hmm. Wine, you get judgment. Also referred to as the grapes of wrath. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now watch yeah. this. Let people serve you. And I want you to highlight this word, serve, and write this word down because I'm going to give you the definition here in just a minute. But the Hebrew word is gebir, G-E-B-Y-R. Gebir. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. That word nations is goy or Gentiles. Let the Gentiles bow down to you. Be a gebir over your brethren. Mm. I'll give you the definition here in just a minute. Let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone that curses you, and blessed be he that bless you. The word kabir is a teacher. Okay. Or master, teacher. When the disciples were asking him, Yahushua, about who should be greatest in the kingdom, that's what he was referring to. He was asking, they were asking him, which one of us is actually going to be the teacher, the one that receives the inheritance? And they still didn't understand. They still didn't understand. I'm going to show you that here in just a minute. <clears throat> but watch, the, this was just, it was outstanding how he compiled all this stuff. It was like, whoa. I'm going to read part of this again. Let your mother's sons bow down to you, and curse be everyone that curses you, and blessed be he that blesses you. I have seen, with my own eyes, people that have cursed Israel become cursed. That would make sense. People that have cursed dad have become cursed. Like, drop dead. Not within the very instant they say it, but within just days, weeks. Yeah. All right. In a short period of time where you go, that's not that a big mistake. Yep, that's not a coincidence. Uh, Deuteronomy 28.
And I'm going to kind of skip through here real quick because we're going to come back here in just a minute. But um, there's a couple things here I wanted to show you. Verse 1, It shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of Yahweh Elohim, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day, and Yahweh Elohim will set you on high above all Gentiles of the earth. All these blessings shall come on you. This is an inheritance. Mm -hmm. This is part of Jacob's inheritance. Okay? okay. And overtake you, if you shall hearken, if you shall hearken, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. If he shall hearken to the voice of Yahweh Elohim, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and when thou goest out. Yahweh shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. This goes back to the inheritance. This is Yahweh just defining more specific the inheritance that was given to Jacob. Mm -hmm. Okay? Not only those that curse us are going to be cursed, but they're going to run from us from seven different directions. They're afraid the curse is going to come on them. So they're splitting. Right. Okay? Now watch this, because this is this is where it's get, it gets really interesting. Yahweh shall command the blessing upon you. It's a command? It's a command. In your storehouses, in all that you set your hand to, and he shall bless you in the land which Yahweh Elohim give you. Yahweh shall establish you in holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto you, if you shall keep the commandments of Yahweh Elohim and walk in his ways. That word, if. I want you to circle that or highlight it. There's only one other time in Scripture where he has sworn, and it was fulfilled. It was to Joshua. Yeah. When he said, I'll, I'll raise you after the order of Melchizedek. Okay? Watch this. If you will keep the commandments of Yahweh Elohim and walk in his ways, all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of Yahweh, and they shall be afraid of you. Yahweh shall make you plenteous in goods, and the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your cattle, and the fruit of your ground, and the land which Yahweh swear unto your fathers to give you. Yahweh shall open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto your land in the season, do, to bless all the work of your hand, and you shall be you shall lend unto many Gentiles, and you shall not borrow. Yahweh shall make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If you shall hearken on the commandments of Yahweh Elohim, which I command you this day, to observe and do, you shall not go aside from any of the words, which I command you this day to the right hand or the left, to go after gods to serve them. Okay? Makes sense. There's a word here I want you to underline or highlight. Do you need a highlighter? Do you have a highlighter? Okay. okay. That word is, where is it at? Verse 8, storehouses.
we're going to come back to it here in a minute, but I want you to highlight it because it's it's interesting. Matthew 23. Okay, we'll come back here. I'm going to start out verse 10. There's, I, I have read this, I can't tell you how many times, how many times. And this morning it was like, that makes sense. Never seen it before, but it makes perfect total sense. Verse 10, neither be you called Gebir. Masters, teachers, mm -hmm. it's the same, the Greek word here, and this, this is interesting. <clears throat> nope, I backed up too far. If I'm pronouncing it right. Kathagides, Kathagides is the Greek word for Gebir. It's the same word master, which means teacher. Yeah, they, they in colleges and stuff, and they call them masters. Yeah, okay. yeah. But what I thought was interesting is the same Hebrew word Gebir. It translates to the Greek as whatever it is, Kathagides. It's the same word, but it's not found anywhere else in the text. Isn't that something? When he's talking about the teachers, he's he's referring to these two words. Okay, now watch this because this is this is it almost and and this is a fault of the church because it almost looks like he's changing subject he's not changing subject okay watch this for one is your master even messiah but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased he that shall humble himself shall be exalted how is it written in yours Okay, it, it gives the bold 13, which is supposed to be the paragraph, a new paragraph. Okay, well, what's a paragraph? A change of thought. Right. Okay, it should not be there. This is the same thought. Okay. Okay. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. How are they doing it? We just read it. They're putting themselves first. Whoso shall exalt himself is shutting up the kingdom. Because the kingdom is not about us. Right. 
Okay? It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with who is greater than another. You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for neither go you in, neither suffer you them, them that are entering to go in. You don't allow them in either. So they were in control of the door, and they just shut the door on you. Did he not say, I am the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, are we not all doors? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be examples. Exactly. We're supposed to be following his example. He said, be you as me. So we also are doors. Never thought of that. Okay. If you're promoting self, you're only promoting your own kingdom. You're not promoting his kingdom. And dad used to preach on this all the time about people um, promoting their own uh, ministry. You're not promoting the kingdom. You don't put your name on it. Right. It's not yours. Right. You're, you're not promoting the kingdom. You're promoting yourself. Okay? Watch this. I wonder this. if they realize that. Nope, they don't. Go back to Deuteronomy real quick. You coming back here? No. Okay. Deuteronomy 28. there mm -hmm. okay verse 7 Yahweh shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be spent before your face who are our enemies think about this a minute did he not just say that the Pharisees were mm -hmm. the teachers if they're shutting up the kingdom from from permitting us to get in or allowing us to get in that's our enemy it's our enemy right okay watch this your enemies that rise up against you will be smitten before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Yahweh shall command the blessing upon you and your storehouses. The Hebrew word, this is funny, is awesome. A-S-A-M. And it is pronounced as awesome. It is a barn or a lodge where meat is kept. A storehouse. A storehouse. A barn where meat is kept. The meat of the word. Mm -hmm. Okay. Watch this. Yahweh shall command the blessing upon you in your meat and in all that you set your hand to and he shall bless you in the land which Yahweh Elohim gives you he shall establish you in holy people to himself as he has sworn to you if okay so the storehouse correlates not only with the inheritance but also with the word if, mm -hmm. what's the stipulation to get the inheritance? You have to do. 
if you keep the commandments. That's the one thing the church has failed to do throughout the last 2,000 years. It's keep the commandments. That's all he said to do. How hard is it to keep a commandment? I just had somebody tell me, I was telling you about the guy that arrested Saturday. And right to my face, he goes, I used to cook dope in a police officer's house just like you. I said, then he wasn't just like me. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, he was just like, I said, no, he wasn't. I said, because I've never cooked dope and I would never cook dope. Mm -hmm. I said, I actually keep the law. They don't understand it. You should have seen the look on his face. It was like he just got hit in the testicles. No, they don't comprehend and understand. There are people that actually keep the commandments. That keep the laws. That don't break the laws. I don't think they have been told a commandment. So they don't they know that they're not keeping right. it. Because nobody's ever sat down and taught them, hey, Genesis to Malachi are the commandments. It's not rocket science. It's just doing what he told you to do. Well, see, when we were going, we never hit Bible. Right. We never got to read it. The only thing we knew was what they were standing up there telling us. And a lot of times I'm sitting there listening to what they're saying going, that's not what I got. I don't know. He's saying something that doesn't jive with what he just read to us in my Some, book. Anyway. Something that we hear a lot in law enforcement, I've heard it more times than I can count now, is deniability. If you don't know something, you have deniability. You could honestly say, well, nobody ever showed me or told me. But they don't realize this is that's not an excuse. Mm -mm, no. It's on every person born on the face of the planet to read and research and look. That's why he put the word if in there. A little word. It's a big word. It's a huge word. If you shall keep the commandments of Yahweh Elohim and walk in his ways. If. Okay. Mm -hmm. Malachi 3. And I, I thought this was interesting, and we're going to, I'm not going to focus on the tithe part of this. I'm focusing on the storehouse portion. <clears throat> but this was interesting. Like I said, when I was reading through this, it was like, click. Everything started fitting into place. Verse 8, Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob Elohim? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. When did we see the cursing with a curse? We just read through and read it. Way back there. Right back in Deuteronomy 28. If we did not keep the commandments, we would be cursed. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, this whole Gentile. I want you to, you got a pen. Mm -hmm. Of course, you got a pen. You're writing notes. <clears throat> Where was I at? Oh, I want you to scratch out 
even this whole. Because that is not found in the original text. That's all added. So it should have read, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me as the Gentiles. It makes sense. Gentiles don't want to pay out. Mm -hmm. Okay? Going back to Jacob and Esau, which we might, but going back to Jacob and Esau, again, Esau got inheritance too, but it wasn't like Jacob's. Okay? Let me read this. Verse 10. Bring you all the tithes. What's a tithe? It's 10% uh, old. 10%. It's 10% of everything. It's not just money. It's 10% of everything. Cattle, cars, homes, you name it. It's the 10th of everything. Time. You name it. Okay? And where did he say to bring it to? Bring it to the storehouse. Well, you put it in the storehouse right. later. What's the storehouse? It's the barn where you keep meat. Okay? Mm -hmm. So why are we taking the tenth and putting it in the storehouse where the meat is? So it can be taken out. Okay, watch this. That there may be meat in my house. The reason why he wants us to give him the tenth is so that there would be meat in his house. What's the meat do? Makes you grow. It feeds people. The word's going to get out that there's meat there, and more and more people are going to show up. So they're going to start I wanna, eating. I want to hear what's right. going on. Right. And they're going to start growing. Okay. Uh, and watch this. That's what I call planning ahead. Yep. Wow. <clears throat> Bring you all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me. That means to put him to the test. Prove me. Herewith say Yahweh host, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there's your birthright, mm -hmm. that there be not enough room to receive it. It's called an overflowing storehouse. Is he talking about finances? No. Mm -mm. The finances come in to pay for the meat. Following that? I'm, I'm surprised that he put it in there. Test me. Go ahead. Go Do ahead. it. Prove me. Yep. Prove I me. dare you. This is so cool. Watch this. <clears throat> I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. What are the fruits of our ground? It's the... Uh, Remember? Fertile grounds. The feast days. Okay. It's where the seed is. The fruits of my... Excuse me. Hold your hand there. Go to Galatians... 
In your notebook, I want you to write fruits of the flesh. All right, or let me put it this way. Fruits of the flesh soil. And that's, that's what these are, are the fruits of this flesh soil. Verse 19. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Let me slow down. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, revelings, or any such thing like. Okay? That's all the fruit of the natural ground. That's all the fruit of the flesh. Basically all sin. That's all sin. Okay? That's all the fruits of the flesh. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Okay? So anybody that's producing fruit of the flesh cannot enter in the kingdom. The door be shut. Right. Verse 22. But these are the fruit of your ground. Remember you said I would bless the fruit of your ground. Mm -hmm. This is the fruit of our ground. I don't claim the carnal flesh. I don't want anything to do with the carnal flesh. I want the fruit of his ground. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Those are all the fruits of his ground. You wouldn't want that. Exactly. But keep in mind, there's two inheritances. Yes, true. Now watch this. Go back to Malachi. <clears throat> I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, verse 11, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine, hold it right there. What grows on a vine? Grapes. So what are we referring to? The fruits of your ground. Corn. Okay. Corn and wine. This goes right back to Jacob's inheritance. Hold your hand there. Let's go to Genesis 28. This this is so cool how he connected these because I, I like I said I, I could have never done it. Genesis 28, verse 20. Jacob vowed a vow. What happens when we vow a vow? 
it's a like a contract. You it's a covenant. Do your part. Do it's a covenant. Part. Okay. Yahweh said, "If you vow a vow, you will surely pay the vow." Mm-hmm. Okay. Now watch this. Saying, if Elohim will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. How did we get raiment? From the meat. Okay. I don't think a whole lot of people connect the dots. <laughs> mm -mm. They didn't waste animal skins. They made clothing out of it. Yeah. They made tents out of it. Well, how would he get the raiment to put on without meat? True. Okay. So what says? So that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall Yahweh be my Elohim. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be Elohim's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tithe unto thee. Going right back to Malachi. His covenant is connected from Genesis all the way through to Malachi. The inheritance is from Genesis all the way to Malachi. Okay? Watch this. Back to Malachi. Verse 11. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy... Who's the devourer? Devourer. Mm -hmm. It's the evil. Our enemies. Deuteronomy yeah, twenty-eight. He that speaks they want evil. Everything you've got and more. Yep. Okay. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time the field. Saith Yahweh of hosts, your vine shall not cast her fruit. Which means you're not going to go out of his house until you're grown into a weos. You better start growing from the day you... Bingo. Okay. Now watch. All Gentiles shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, saith Yahweh of hosts. Verse 13. Your words have been stout against me, saith Yahweh, yet you say, what have we spoken so much against you? You have said it is vain to serve Elohim. For what profit is it that we... Going back to the money issue. Mm -hmm. What profit? What, what can we make off of this? You're not supposed to make anything. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be teaching how to walk the way he walks by your example. Okay. Throughout the Bible, we see two covenants at war. Yeah. We see two inheritances at war. The easiest one to take is the flesh one. That's the right. The one is the spiritual okay. one. I'm going to read that here in just a minute. Watch this. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before Yahweh of hosts? One of the things he showed me was the word ordinance. What we have, and this is part of my job as a police officer, in a city, municipal area, is to enforce ordinances. Okay? 
most municipalities have ordinances. An ordinance is simply, there are some that, that bleed over into felony, but you have to do a certain a certain criteria and elements have to be met before it can be bleed, it bled over into a felony. But the majority of your ordinances are misdemeanors. A, min, a, a, a misdemeanor is a simple slap on the hand, go about your day. It's a small... A small it's price a small, to pay. Small law compared to a humongous law. Okay. Now, what we have also is called state laws. State laws can be held as felonies. It's there are some misdemeanors too, but you're trying it on a municipal level, level. It's a different level. You're trying it on a municipal level, but then you're trying it on a state level. Mm. Okay. Municipal is citywide, state is statewide. And I never understood the difference until working for a city. Uh-huh. Okay? Yahweh has ordinances, but he also has statutes. State statutes. Mm-hmm. City ordinances. Okay? Okay. Ordinances pertain to the, the municipality. We would consider municipality as the local body, the local kingdom. Right. All right? That's just referring to the, those individuals by name. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. When you're grafted in, you come into the family, but you're married in. Okay. You're not by blood, but right. you're married in. You're married in. Okay. It changes. Your ordinances change. Now you're there by statute. It makes sense. Okay. Statute is a little bit broader. It covers a little bit more area than an ordinance does. All right. Now watch this. The word ordinances, it has two different definitions, but it also has a lesser degree or charge of something. An ordinance is also defined as a safeguard. Okay, so your city municipality or municipal ordinances are there to protect the safeguard of everyone within that municipality. All right. There's another word for the word ordinances in the Hebrew, and it refers to watchmen, guards, or to man a post. My job as a police officer is as a watchman, but also to guard and man a post. My job is also to enforce ordinances. The word post is an office or position that one is appointed or anointed to. In other words, you can't stand in that post unless you've been anointed or appointed to that post. Right. All right. Romans 11. 
I can't tell you how many times I've read this and I've had people read it and they've completely distorted it. I distorted it until after he showed me this. And I was like, oh, it, it makes total sense. It makes total sense now. Well, sometimes we have to grow into it. But I, I never saw it in light of the inheritance. Never saw it. The kingdom of Yahweh, you have to inherit. Mm -hmm. You have to inherit. It's not, it's not something that you can force your way into, work your way into. You have to inherit it. Well, to inherit it means you have to meet certain criteria to get it. Mm -hmm. That one criteria, and it's only one, the one criteria to get in is maturity. He requires you to be mature. Verse 1, I say then, has Yahweh cast away his people? Yahweh forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Yahweh has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Which he's going to go in and explain this here in just a minute, but who are those that he foreknew? Write down the word foreknew. Because it's going to connect to another word here in a second. Watch you not what the Spirit says of Elijah, how he makes intercession to Yahweh against Israel, saying, Yahweh, they have killed thy prophets, dig down your altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what says the answer of Yahweh unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee. You see the word image of? Mm -hmm. It's not even there. It's italicized. Who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so, then at this present time also, there is a remnant. I want you to write down next to four new, the word remnant. According to the election of grace. So that's 7,000 plus. Or 7,000 every generation. Because mm. at this present time is a different generation than the generation of Elijah. That's true. Okay. So watch this. And if by grace, then no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if of works... And he's not talking about obeying the commandments. He's saying, if it's of works. Mm -hmm. When we punish in, in the flesh, in, in the judicial system, when we punish somebody for breaking the law, what do we do? You pretty much take away their freedoms. Temporarily. Temporarily. But for them to get it back, they must do a work. They've got to do the work, yeah. This is what Paul's talking about. Uh-huh. It's not of works. It's, it's not of the works of working your way out of sin. 
Because most of those that commit sin turn around and go right back into sin. Mm -hmm. Most of those that break the law turn around and go right back into breaking the law. Because they're working themselves out of it so they can go back into it. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. It's repetitive. Yeah. All right, watch this. But if of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel has not obtained that which he sought for, but the election obtained it. They did the work, so they got it. Well, let's go back over the word election. What's an election? Um, election is those that have been separated or chosen. Well, that's the elect. But what is an election? Oh, that's uh, someone who has been voted running, in. Running for something and gets voted in, yeah. Okay, so? Let's go back and read this in light of how it's worded, okay? What then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeks for, but the election has obtained it. Did he say the elect have obtained it, or the election have obtained it? Oh, I noticed that. I know, I didn't either. <laughs> I'm like, well, that makes sense now. What is the election? Who is the one that elects? It is interesting. Joshua is the one that elects. Yeah, he decides who and... Okay, so he got it by grace. Right. Okay. What was grace? Um... If you go back in the Hebrew and read it through, uh, I believe it was in Exodus, when Yahweh called Moses up in the mount, he said, I will show you my hind parts. Why was he shown grace? Why was Moses shown grace? It's really simple. Like I said, I hadn't seen it before. He was chosen. To but, but how was he chosen? Here's, here's the, I, and I struggled with this too. How is he chosen? Because if you go back and read about Moses, he had slurred speech. He stuttered really, really bad. It was hard to, for anybody to understand him. Yeah. And that's why he had to have Aaron come and speak for him. Okay. Struck the rock twice. I mean, we could, we could go through a whole lot of stuff, but why was he elected? Um, I would say he was at the right place at the right time, but that's not it. He was, um, I think his heart was pure and he really wanted to follow. He was told to do something and he did it. Right there. He, he was told to do something and he did it. He, he was told in a time where Israel was in slavery, nobody else was listening, Moses was the only one that listened when he said, come up to the mount. Mm -hmm. He says, I want to see. I want to know. 
I want to find out why. I'm looking. I'm looking. I want to know why this mountain was not to be touched. He's looking. Yeah, that's it. He was looking. Okay. Watch this. The election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, Elohim has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear, unto this day. That's even today. Mm -hmm. That's what it means, unto this day. Even It's always present, even to this day. David said, let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see, and bow down their backs always. Well, there you've got a second covenant. I want you to write down Esau's birthright. You might want to put that on second page. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes under it. <clears throat> Do a flipper here. Ready? Mm -hmm. This is Esau's inheritance. A spirit of summer. Blindness. Deafness. Their food is a snare. A trap. A stumbling block. Doesn't sound like a fun inheritance. Well, I'll show you that here in just a minute. That is a reward to them. That's their reward. That they they enjoy that. They enjoy. They that? enjoy it. That they may not see and bow down their back always. Verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Yahweh forbid. But through their salvation is unto the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. If the fall of them is the riches of the world, I want you to, under Esau's inheritance, write down the riches of the world. And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles. How much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation my flesh and might save some of them. Notice we're talking about his flesh. Mm -hmm. He's talking ordinance level. Right. But he's talking to people on statute level. That may just go right over their head. Watch this. If the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what is the receiving but life from the dead? If the first fruit is holy, the lump also holy. If the fruit holy, so are the branches. If some, some, I want you to highlight that. If some, not all of them, if some of the branches are broken off, and you being a wild olive tree were grafted among them, and with them, highlight that, 
with them, not apart from them, with them. That's the kicker. I've heard preached in years, for years in the churches. We're Gentiles. Yahweh cut off or God cut off the Jews and brought us Gentiles in to replace them. No, mm -hmm. that is not what it says. We are partaker with them. Of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Who was the root of the olive tree? For years, I thought it was Joshua. For years, I thought it was Joshua. Is he part of the olive tree? Absolutely. Is he part of the root? Absolutely. But who is the root of the olive tree? Hmm. I mean, after all, he starts off this entire chapter with the words, Israel. Israel would be the root? Israel is the root. Jacob is the root of the inheritance. Okay. And he explains that here in just a second. And like I said, I've skipped over this verse so many times, read over it, never saw it in light of... The inheritance. Never saw it. But now it makes sense. And with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches. Who were the branches? The twelve tribes. Boast not against the twelve tribes. If you boast, you bear not the root. That means you're not part of the root system. You're not part of Jacob. But Jacob is having to tolerate your crap. <laughs> you will say then, the branches were broken off, and he didn't say, this is what you should say. He said, this is what you're going to say. The branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, let's explain this a little bit better. Because of unbelief were they broken off. And you stand by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if Elohim spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not you. Behold therefore the goodness and severity of Yahweh on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness. If. If. There's that word again. Highlight it. If. If you continue in goodness, otherwise you also shall be cut off. They also, if they abide not still in unbelief, what is the kicker? What keeps people out of the inheritance? Unbelief. Unbelief. What keeps people from growing up? Unbelief. <coughs> Look at the chaos that the world is in right now, and why are they in the? Why are they in chaos? Unbelief. They also, if they bide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For Yahweh is able to graft them in again. And that word "graft" means to prick in. In other words, there has to be a piercing 
which is why his side was pierced. There has to be a piercing so we could be grafted back into the vine. I never put that together with the, the piercing. I didn't either. That's, I mean, everything is like, boom. It all connects. If you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and mm -hmm. were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, again, you got to highlight the word contrary. Contrary to nature. You have to be grafted in contrary to nature. To do that means you have to you have to cut yourself from the root of your nature. And there, the people don't want to do the work. Bingo! What is the root of mankind's nature? Let's let's get technical. What? Who? who let me put it this way: Who is the root of mankind's nature? Oh, that's got to be Lucifer. He's running around doing all the good stuff. No. For years I thought he was, but nope. He's just an adversary. He's just an enemy. No different than any other enemy. Who's the root of the of our nature? I want to say ourselves, but close. What? I'll show you in a minute. I, I want you to write down contrary to nature. And next to it, write the word root with an equal sign. I'll show you who it is in just a minute. You And we're grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree. How much more shall these, which be the natural, 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 be grafted into their own olive tree? So we're talking about a tree... From an inheritance, right? Mm -hmm. hmm. Keep that in mind. For I would not, brethren, that you should, should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit. Here's where conceit comes in. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until this has always been preached from the pulpit that the fullness of the Gentiles means it's the Gentiles coming in for salvation. No, it does not. It means when he's had his fill of the Gentiles and their childish attitude. It, that's what it means. The fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So all Israel shall be saved. He basically opened the door. He cut off a branch so that the ones that could be saved of the Gentiles could come in. In other words, those that were looking. Those that were seeking more. Those that were looking for an inheritance. Right, they're starting to grow and they're looking around and going, well, this is all kid stuff. I yeah. don't want it. They don't want to stay I don't want here. any part of this. I want meat. I want more. Mm -hmm. Watch this. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away unrighteousness from who? Ungodliness from Jacob. Jacob, the root. 
Oh, the booger. Mm-hmm. He is the root of the olive tree. Now, wait a minute. That's not the one we're talking about, though. Let me read this again. So all Israel shall be saved, as is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away unrighteousness from Jacob. For this is my covenant to them, the branches, mm -hmm. when I shall take away their sins, as concerning the gospel, enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election. It's the election again. Yep, yep. But as touching the election, beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of Yahweh are without repentance. If his gifts are without repentance, then why do we have to repent? Because that's called distortion. Well, is it part of the contract that we made that we have to repent for breaking the contract? Well, what is repentance? It's turning away. I'll show not, you. Not doing what we were doing. Genesis 27. Repentance, the, the word repentance, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, means to make a 180. Well, how do you make a 180 out of a tree? You would have to... You can't rip it out by the roots because it would kill it. You would have to graft in something that is better than... What have been growing there? So if you graft in a good branch from a good tree to a bad tree, it will grow a good branch. Which I'm. If you have a dying tree, but you still have a few limbs that are that have some life left in them you graft them into a healthy tree. If yeah. you go the opposite, it will, it will kill, kill the branch. Yeah, it will kill everything. Okay, so that being said, watch this. Verse 30, uh, Genesis 27, verse 30. Coming back here. I'm going to show you the tree, or the, I should say the root, that is contrary to nature. Sorry, that is nature. Natural. The natural root. Ready? Mm-hmm. 
Verse 30, it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless you. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken the venison and brought it to me, and have, I have eaten of all before thou camest, and have blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Your brother came with subtlety, and has taken away your blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Yes, or behold, I have made him your master. And all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him, and what shall I do now to you? And Esau said unto his father, Have you not or have you but one blessing? Bless me me also, O father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept, and Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. Okay. Going back to Jacob's blessing, what was his possession? Yahweh shall give you, verse 28, Yahweh shall give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth. It's ours. Okay? So he tells Esau, this is your inheritance. I have given all his brethren, have I given him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. Okay? Verse 37. <laughs> Verse 39, he says, your dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. In other words, you're going to live on your brother's property. He owns it, you live there. Right. He's going to be basically your landlord. And of the dew of heaven from above? And of the dew of heaven from above? In other words, they're only getting a taste of it. They're going to come in every Sunday, sit down, hear the milk, and that's about it. That's all they get. Oh, it's... It would make me happy, I'll tell you that. Keep watching. By your sword shall you live. Well, what does that mean? I read over that three times and I'm like, well, what does you that gotta, mean? You got to fight for what you get. You got to fight for every bite you put in your mouth. One, but two, what is the sword? It's your mouth. Yeah. So they have to live. They have to make their living from their words. So that would put him up with the, the teacher almost. Bingo. Pharisees. Ooh. 
That's how they make their money. Yeah. That's how they promote their ministries. Yeah. What's the natural man? Goes right back to Esau. Who is the root of the Gentiles? Esau. It's the wrong tree to be grafted to. Well, but this is the thing. They have a they have an inheritance, but it's not the same as ours. Now watch this. By your sword shall you live and shall serve your brother, and it shall come to pass when the fullness of the Gentiles have come in, thou shalt have the dominion, you shall break his yoke from off your neck. Did you get that? Mm -hmm. In other words, when you've had enough, you'll do something about it. You're going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing? No, because mm -hmm. watch what he says in verse 41. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing. Yeah, but he had everything. It doesn't make sense. He had I mean, he was given everything. He was. Of course, if you give somebody something, they don't appreciate it. They abuse it. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. Esau hated Jacob. The root of the natural tree hates the natural root. The wild olive tree. Mm-hmm. They're brothers. They're twins. They look exactly alike. They act exactly alike. But there's differences. I was trying to explain this to someone just yesterday. I'm not going to name names, but there is a difference in emotion and what's the word? Uh, action a person that feels something doesn't necessarily mean they're feeling something does that make sense mm -hmm. the same thing as uh, well let's read it real quick how's it worded um Jude, real quick. It's right before Revelation. We were we were discussing emotions and there's a difference in being emotional and being sensual mm -hmm. sensual means that a person is what's the word they they only go by sense they only please satisfy sense they like the sense of satisfaction 
and nothing more. That is what we call emotional. Then there are emotionals, which I call emotionals because they're different than emotion. Emotional, not emotional, but emotional, when they see somebody hurting, when they see somebody in pain, they go to them, they help them, they do things for them, whereas emotional, they feel compunction for them, that's as far as it ever goes. So emotional is they have empathy for someone else. Right. They actually feel what the other person feels. They, they've been there. They experience it with the person. It's not just a feeling. Jude 1, which there's only one chapter, but verse 18 says, How that they told you, well, let me back that up. The apostles of Master Yahshua Messiah, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own unrighteous lusts. These are they who separate themselves. They start their own denominations, their own churches, mm -hmm. sensual, having not the spirit. Okay? What we have in the churches are not spiritual people. They are sensuals. Yeah. I mean, to break out in laughter in the middle of a sermon, that is not of the Spirit. Mm -mm. You're mocking. the Spirit. It's the wrong Spirit. Well, though. but they're mocking the Word. Mm -hmm. And that's why they do it. All right? Kind of people have to walk up and slap in oh, the yeah. head. Or people bursting out in tears. I remember watching Tammy Faye Baker. Oh my god. She could turn it on, turn it oh, off like, yeah. faucet. Yeah. Um Jimmy Swagger used to be the same way. Oh, he'd burst out in tears and crying all oh, this well, it's it's they're sensuals. They're doing that to sell the product. Mm -hmm. I don't know a single one of them that actually were honest. Watch this. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of Yahweh, looking for the mercy of our Master Yahshua Messiah to eternal life. And of some, having compassion. There's the difference. Mm -hmm. Motionals have compassion. They make a difference. They save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating the garment spotted by the flesh. Those are emotionals. Where emotionals, they don't do that. They're just sensual. They only can, are concerned and care about their five senses. Yeah, nothing else moves them. Nothing else moves them. Back to Genesis 27 real quick. I want to finish this out. <clears throat> Genesis 27? Yeah. Okie dokie. Verse 41, Esau hated Jacob. Emotionals, sensuals, hate Jacob. We just read it right here that he bawled and bawled and cried because he didn't get what he wanted. Sounds like spoiled. It is. Okay. Because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him, and Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. Why don't you stop for just a minute? What did that just say? Esau said in his heart. 
He didn't say it out loud. He said it in his heart. Okay? Mm -hmm. Remember that. He said it in his heart. The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. These words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. Well, if he said in his heart, who told her? Oh. She was listening to Yahweh. Mm -hmm. All right. He had to be if he didn't say it out loud. Exactly. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, your brother Esau, as touching you, does comfort himself, sensual, to kill you. He's taking comfort in the fact that he's going to kill you. He's happy about it. That's what a sensual does. Mm -hmm. It satisfies him. So what would happen if he actually went through that killed Jacob? He would have got both inheritances. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. Come, they're never satisfied. They're never satisfied. Never satisfied. Ever. That's what essential is. They they never they only they have to satisfy those five senses. It's not enough to just to satisfy one or a little bit. They can never have enough. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee you to Laban, your brother, to Haran. Tarry with him a few days until your brother's fury turn away, until your brother's anger turn away from you, and he forget which thou hast done to him. Then will I send and fetch for you from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? Mm, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. She's like, your anger from the both of you are going to kill each other in one day. Yeah, and she'll lose both of them. She'll lose both. But who was it that told her that Esau was planning and plotting this? It had to be Yahweh. It was Yahweh. This was all planned out. All right. Uh, where was I at? Oh, that was on a different thought. Anyway, so this whole scenario leads into Rachel and Leah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a completely different message. But the inheritance portion gets gets spread out throughout the 12 branches. Okay? So the whole root goes right back to Jacob and Esau. Either or. Naturally, as human beings, naturally, we, we are bred from the tree of Esau or the root of Esau. You could say Cain and Abel, but there was a whole generation born after that. So from, from Jacob and Esau, we have two root systems. Mm -hmm. Two root systems, two separate trees. Two separate trees. So one, in order for, for a Gentile, which again, you got to understand what a Gentile is. It's an uncovenanted person. For a person to be covenanted into 
grafted into the tree, they must be cut off contrary to their natural root. They have to recognize, that branch has to recognize, hey, there is no good thing in me. Everything in my root is dying. In order to be saved, I must go to the wild olive tree. Does that make sense? Yeah, you got to go there and be grafted in. And be grafted in. Well, again, what's the word grafting? It's pricking. So you have to prick your way in to the olive tree. And it's not just any olive tree. It's a wild olive tree. What is what what is significant about the word wild? It's well, wild is free. It's free. It's uh, hard to find. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a wild olive tree. I've never seen a real olive tree to begin with. Um, see, the thing is, the, the wild olive tree, and again, who is the wild olive tree? It's not Jacob, it's Esau. He was called the wild man. <laughs> it's interesting. The word wild. This this actual the the Greek word is agrileos. It's an oleoster olive tree, which is wild by nature. Unlike the Elia, which means a tree that produces fruit. So the agrileos apparently does not produce fruit. Mm. I'm guessing. I've never seen one. But if I had to guess. Let me see real quick. Well, that's good to know. The Oleaster, and I guess that's how it's pronounced, the, the Oleaster was used to fashion the olive wreath to be awarded to victors at the ancient Olympic Games. Really? It was considered the tree of Olympia, which stood near the Temple of Zeus. There you go. So false gods. Shows like a false olive tree. Right. It is considered a wild olive tree because of its wild-looking feral forms of olive 
They're called oleasters. They constitute a complex of populations potentially ranging from feral forms to the wild olive. The wild olive is a tree of the Macis shrubland itself in the part of the result of, of the long presence of mankind. It is drought tolerant. In other words, it doesn't need to be watered. Mm -hmm. uh, it is disease resistant. Anyway, Paul wouldn't call them a wild olive tree for no reason. Yeah. So he had he had that idea in mind when he called them an olive tree or a wild olive tree. In other words, they weren't Jews by nature. But if they wanted to become Jews, they would have to graft in contrary to their own belief. Uh, yeah, very few will do something like that. Yeah. 